0: exciting week here on Screening in Kingston because we're going to be joined by a a big team, a a large group of the team of the the film, How to Fix Radios, which is uh, in the Kingston Canadian Film Festival this week. Uh, KCFF is still going on here in town virtually, Um, but uh, we're going to talk to them about their film, which is coming up on Friday. So that's exciting, Taylor.
1: Mike, I think it's the most people we've ever had on the show at one time.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you're right, actually, because I think the most we've ever had is is four, and there's going to be six of us today.
1: Yeah. So fingers crossed, technology agrees with us, <laughs> yes, and <yeah. laughs> that's like that's a lot of computers to juggle, a lot of Wi-Fi connections to contend with.
0: It only has to work for thirty minutes, but you know how it works—is that will be the only thirty minutes where nothing will go right <laughs> because yeah, everything yeah. will go wrong. Murphy's yeah. law.
1: Yeah, you no, know, yeah. <laughs> I'm confident. You know, it's Monday. We're recording on a Monday. It's the beginning of a new week, a new chapter. I am confident. I okay am, that's i'm All going right. in with a positive attitude
0: positive positive march is that what we're gonna go with M- march yeah. is gonna be a positive month
1: <laughs> march i i don't know i was trying to like do alliteration but yes march <laughs> is this the season of positive positivity i mean okay. spring is around the corner soon we'll be able to go to movies hopefully <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the hope that's the hope um, yeah okay well I'm I'm down I'm always down for positivity so great we'll have a positive month of March and it's a great way to, to kind of kick off the month because we get special guests again two weeks in a row and that's fun and I think it's fun yeah. for our fans they probably need a break from just you and me
1: yeah, well yeah maybe we'll see, see. Maybe
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll find out um, but also we're going to talk about the Golden Globes Taylor did you know the Golden Globes happened this weekend
1: I did know only most, mostly because you told me that they <laughs> happened. I did see, um, uh, I, the hosts were, um, Amy Poehler and what's her face? Tina Fey. Tina Fey. And I, you posted a photo of it, obviously on our social media. And in mm. my mind, I was like, oh, I wonder which one is who, like, am I the Amy is Mike the Tina? And I was going <laughs> to comment. And then I thought, No. I don't think anyone will think that's funny. We can have our, our, our fans can cast us.
0: Yeah, your fan, fans, you tell us uh, for next week, and we'll read it on next week's episode, who's Tina Fey, who's Amy Poehler between Michael and Taylor. Do let us know, and uh, we'll read it up next week. Uh, But yes, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. We'll recap that in the first half of the episode, and then our guests will join us for the second half of the episode to talk about their film. Um, I'm going to give a little plug for it right now. We'll do this again later, but just so everyone knows that How to Fix Fix Radios is part of the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. So you can stream it this Friday, March 5th at 7 p.m. So if you go to kingcanfilmfest.com, you can get all the information there on how to stream, but it's the same system that, uh, that Reload used. Very easy to, to log in. You just pay for your film and it streams it right from any computer. Really easy system. I've already done it. You're not going to have a problem, but just go to their website for more. That's how to fix radios. We're going to talk to them in a little bit, but let's get to fan questions um, because there is one. We got Josh writing in, of course, and then we'll move on to the Golden Globes. Um, Mike,
1: do you ever, as much as I love... Josh, and I love that he writes in every week. Do you ever get nervous when it's only Josh that like we've lost our entire fan base?
0: Um, No, I don't get I don't get nervous about losing our fan base because, you know, I can tell for a little behind the scenes for our for our fans. I can tell for the most part how many people download or listen to us. Now there's some because we're we as you know we're everywhere. We're in multiple podcast locations yes. we're on CFRC, we're on our website. It is a little hard to tell because I don't have access to everything. but I do get a sense by by way of our social media traffic and by way of the traffic to the website and how many people get episodes from there that that our numbers haven't dropped people haven't run away. Um, we just, I think we might be in a little bit of a strange, quiet lull, which we sometimes get with our fans, right? Well, people write in,
1: write in Mm -hmm. so Taylor isn't afraid that you're gone.
0: Yeah, well, you've got to write in next week because you're all casting us as Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) So so I think if we give give a call out to our fans. call to
1: action. Yeah, like
0: next week, let's make it that, you know, it's not just Josh that other people are writing in as well. Um, actually, you know what I just remembered because, you know, this is how much we, we plan things around here. Taylor next week is a special episode and it's actually, it's not you and me. If yeah, you have I have number, a day off, a you have a day off next week. So actually it's the week after. So everybody <laughs> write in for the March 16th episode. So you've got a couple of weeks to figure out the casting, but please write in a lot. So Taylor feels, uh, validated, you know, less validated. And Josh also still write in. We want to hear from you too, but everybody else as well. Yes. Do uh, you well, want to hear from Josh? Are
1: you are you are you going to plug the special episode? Because I feel like people will want to know the special episode in advance, so that their questions can match next week.
0: Oh yeah, well, was, I'll do that at the end of the episode okay. though. Okay. I'll, I'll tease that one, after we hear about what's up with Army Hammer this week. Yes. Um I'll plug what's going on next week's episode, and then people will know. Great. Now let's hear from Josh. Yes, yeah, sorry, um, Josh. <laughs> he's, I haven't. Oh, I also haven't had a chance to look through this, so I don't know what this question is. He says, "Oh, hey, do you think the virtual format for film festivals will be here to stay? In addition to the regular format, or once COVID is a memory, will the virtual habits be de- that have been developed be pushed aside?" Okay, Josh, the inquisitor. So this is a pretty good question. Um, we Josh have... has brought it.
1: We should have asked uh, um, Matt Sultan.
0: You know what? I think we may ask <laughs> Matt Sultan. I, he I'll text know. him later. Yeah. And let's see if we can get an idea and we can report that in, in the next couple episodes is what his response is. Um, because like, I think just personally, I think that what will happen and what should happen are probably two different things. Yeah. And this is just my personal opinion. I think it will Go away, and I think that once once people are vaccinated in, in in Canada, like let's just say best case scenario by next you know a year from now, Kingston Canadian mm-hmm. Film Festival in real out is probably back at the screening room back at their multiple locations. Like I know there's different, like they're probably doing that. I think it would be really good for accessibility and for like changing with the times to have. Even if it's just some programs or after you've sold a certain amount of tickets, then you release it for online streaming. Because I know they want to encourage people to come to the theater, which is why they might not want to put it on streaming. But I think it would be nice to have it available in multiple ways. What do you think?
1: I think um, I could see for. okay. so I'm with you. I think in terms of accessibility, yes, it should be a hybrid model. There should be whether some or all movies are available for streaming but then also having the in-person component that is like the best right like that would be best of both worlds you know still being able to have audience audience participation round tables whatever Mm. but then in person obviously but then again either some or all content still being available Mm -hmm. online i think that's especially great for you know People who can't make it to TIFF, right? People who don't live in Toronto mm. but want to um, access the film festival, they can do it remotely. Whatever. Yeah,
0: and yeah, and and we understand that it's also you know it's a it's a ticket driven event. Yeah. They, they want you know the tickets, they want people, but this charging online seems to have worked. Again, we'll we'll ask yeah, Matt. Are... I will text him. Maybe we can have Matt come on later in the month to do to do answer this question and chat a little bit about let how us know how the yeah yeah. Because if he if he found it went went really well and and lots of people participated and lots of people still bought tickets, I don't see why you can't have some sort of mixture of both.
1: So that like that being said, that's base best case scenario. Mm-hmm. I think that forward thinking and young film festivals will likely adopt adopt a hybrid model. Like I could see the reel out having an online component moving forward just because you know Matt mm-hmm. is like young and hip and knows <laughs> you know knows social media whatever he's gonna be
0: so happy that you're calling him <laughs> that I'm
1: hip. calling him young hip and cool. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um but I think film festivals that are maybe a little bit more conservative, a little bit like like think of like the the oscars how they have like have been yeah. so slow to adapt and like yeah, we're trying to hedge their true. bets so i think like i don't really know what tiff's reputation is like but it, like i don't know like um can cans canes however you want to say it like i could see kind of like the old like the old established film festivals not Like going back to all in person not doing any streaming. So like any film festival that has been so hard on Netflix, because, you know, periodically Netflix wants to put a movie into a film festival and the film festival is like, no, streaming. Yeah, ah." that's
0: always like a, it's always a debate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I feel like all of those film festivals that are like, nay, nay, Netflix, um, they likely are going to drop streaming as quickly as they can. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is a bummer. Like, I don't agree with that. But then again, on the flip side, kind of young, fresh, like community based, you know, like film festivals that are really integrated into the community. Mm -hmm. They likely I mean, I hope I think that they'll have a hybrid model. And I think that's the way it should be.
0: Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, I I look forward to let's maybe we can see if we can get Matt on later and he can answer from from the planner's perspective, from
1: the young hip perspective, from the young
0: hip perspective of Matt Salton. I love it. Um, But thank you, Josh, for writing in this week. And yes, just so everyone uh, knows uh, how to write in questions screening at gmail.com you can just fire off an email or you can go to our website screening in please make taylor feel better yes and write in every once in a while i'm um, lonely she's lonely i guess it's josh pan- and i are not enough
1: it's a <laughs> pandemic it's a pandemic it's not like i get to see or talk to a lot of people well,
0: you know okay he- here's what here's what we'll do just be, again, we're thinking on the fly of this because, I mean, you can tell we're, we're just making things up what's going along here. Let's just make it official. The March 16th episode is a mailbag. Episode. Yes! Our fans always step Yay! up for that. You're not here next week, Taylor. So when when we're back with you, it'll be a nice, fun mailbag episode. What a through. treat Two for weeks. me. There you go. Mailbag
1: so, episodes are my favorite.
0: Yeah. So everybody, you have until Monday, March 15th. You, you know that the, we always do the deadline on Monday by 4 o'clock. Send in uh, all your, your questions. We'll send this out on social media as well. mailbag episode. Call out to all our regular write-ins Let that you know just make sure Taylor knows you're still listening.
1: That you still love me.
0: Um, okay, let's talk about the Golden Globes. Um, and obviously, you know we, we're in similar situation where we haven't seen all of these movies. We haven't had the opportunity to see all these movies. I did watch the Golden Globes. Taylor, you said you did not.
1: No, I don't um, have cable. I'll be interested to see if I've seen when you kind of give me the highlights mm-hmm. if I've seen any
0: of the. Well, movies. there was there was a lot of movies that were nominated and that won that either I hadn't seen but had heard of and had kind of been like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to I want to see this whenever I get the opportunity or. A movie where i was like this wasn't even on my radar like i haven't no. heard of it so i've kind of made a list of movies that I'll, I'll kind of go through as well um at the end of this that we're now being like okay i think for the oscars we probably should try to see these in the coming month or two um but let's go through it we'll just go through the winners we're only going to talk about the movie categories we're just going to run through it get taylor's hot takes um you know has Taylor heard of these movies. That will be basically the game. <laughs> um, so, so we'll go through Speed all the rounds. <laughs> Lightning <Speed> round. Lightning round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll start with uh, the best picture winners. And as people uh, might remember, and maybe don't, but the Golden Globes has two different best picture categories, one for drama and one for the sort of the musical or comedy category. So the winner of the best picture drama was uh, Nomadland. Which uh, Nicole had talked to us about at TIFF, this was a big TIFF yes. movie, um, so we we had heard of this, and I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But uh, it was a it was actually a big winner because the director won. Um, I, I will get to her name, but uh, she won for best director as well. So Nomad Nomadland uh, winning uh, for best picture drama. Okay. Uh, the, the nominees that lost were The Father which is the Anthony Hopkins film. Now, this one's interesting because I've heard of this one too. He's um, he's kind of in the later stages of dementia and oh, doesn't yeah. quite remember. He's living with his daughter. Nicole and he talked
1: about this movie too.
0: Yeah, I think this one was also at TIFF, I think. I don't remember she was just talking about it in general for this was a TIFF movie. Um, but that that one's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, Mank was nominated, Good. Promising Young Woman, and The yeah. Trial of the Chicago Seven.
1: Okay, so I've heard of all those movies.
0: Yeah, no huge surprises <laughs> here. Like Promising Young Woman looks looks pretty good. I I've can't heard wait. a lot of things about it. Yeah, that's one we're gonna definitely talk about on this show. The father also looks very good. You you loved Mank. I finally I saw Mank. it. I thought Mank was fantastic. Did you you um, did like it, eh? Yeah, I did, yeah. I and I, specifically I thought Amanda Seyfried and Gary Oldman were phenomenal. In Great their, chemistry. Yeah, very very good. And then the trial of Chicago seven, um, I reviewed that. Uh, on here a a while back and yeah, another pretty good one. So I would say like a pretty decent category in terms of, of the the best pictures. Cool. Um, Best picture musical comedy is where we get real interesting.
1: Oh Um,
0: gosh. (laughs) So, uh, so the winner was Borat subsequent movie film. So the second Borat movie.
3: It was good. (laughs) Okay. So yes. I reviewed it. You saw
0: this, this. you reviewed it. Uh, You thought it was good. So you think that's deserved?
1: Well, let's see what,
0: what a, what lost? okay okay <laughs> well well i mean i'll tell you it uh, it beat out hamilton which is an odd nomination because it's a recording of the stage production so yeah. it's kind of strange cuz it's not really a, i wouldn't really call it a movie but
1: like when did the actual whatever. stage production air
0: oh i mean the that actual production was filmed years a couple of years ago so like that um, to me
1: invalidates it cuz it wasn't yeah, so even that, filmed it just was released
0: the yeah, year yeah yeah it's a very strange nomination Uh, i mean it was very good but it's very strange that it's in there yeah um music which is um a uh kate hudson film she's also a big producer of that i don't think Um, i've heard of it i didn't i hadn't heard it that's one of the ones i hadn't heard of either they showed some clips from it um and from what i understand and i'm not going to get too specific just because i don't know that she basically kate hudson plays someone who who ends up Either adopting or for some reason has has this sort of kid drops into her lap who has diff- something different about her. I don't know what it is, though. Like, I don't want to comment because I didn't really understand from the clips so what was going on. Yeah, in some capacity, but I don't know how. Okay. But, but music is the big connector. Got it connects it. the two of them. So that's why it's called music. It actually looked quite interesting, I will say. I just hadn't heard of anything about it
1: yeah I don't I don't even think I've seen stills from it like on yeah yeah um
0: and then Palm Springs was nominated
1: good That's but, a bit yeah, of a, i re- I reviewed it
0: okay, I did like that was a bit of a stretch though like best musical comedy of the year like
1: well again like Mike like what
0: <laughs> well Hamilton and prom Spring it feels like they just well <laughs> just wait till. You guess what the other one was the prom oh the your favorite <laughs> my favorite the prom which I've been meaning uh, to
1: watch just despite you.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, the the forty seven minutes of it I watched were terrible.
1: And is that it for the category?
0: Yeah, sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Oh. <laughs> so I, know, I guess I don't. Dry. I
1: guess out of that category, Borat makes the most sense. Like, yeah, like say what you want about Borat, but I think it is still like good satire, and like it definitely had like the finger on the pulse for this election year so if you want like the most current um good act i mean it's like the fact that people still don't realize that borat is borat like you know what i mean like the fact that people because that's the whole premise of the movie is that people think these are real people so you have to be a pretty good actor to pull that off
0: yeah, I, I'm not gonna yeah, I Sasha Cohen's acting ability, I'm I'm not gonna question. Um, hey, he was so,
1: nominated in two categories or two of well, his movies. Th-
0: yes, yeah, he was nominated, two of his movies were nominated. Um he uh he definitely had a A, a, a good year. A nominated knife, good year. Um so yeah, that, that those are the musical comedy. So that was the second Borat film, Borat's subsequent movie film was what won. Hamilton Music, Palm Springs and the Prom were also nominated. Um, okay, so Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama went to Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Now, I, I hadn't heard of this.
1: I think <laughs> at I, all. I think I think I've heard of it. Okay, is it this is on one of the movies. Prime? It,
0: it is. It's an Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, movie okay, and, I saw it advertised I, when it was
1: on Amazon Prime.
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't when when she won, and they were like you know showing like clips of of her acting i was like what is this movie like i had, this is one of the ones where i went i've got to see this movie like i i wrote it down being like, okay the united states versus billy Holiday, never heard of this um but yeah she she won um she beat out uh viola davis um who was in ma rainey's black bottom uh vanessa kirby who was in pieces of a woman francis mcdormand who was in no man land yeah. i believe she was kind of the, one of the favorites um here and well, especially.
1: It won Best Picture, right? Normally. Yeah, and
0: yeah, and like it's Frances McDormand. I yeah. mean she's been around a long time, done a lot of great work. Yeah, and, and Carrie Mulligan is from Promising Young Woman. Yeah. So uh, you know, pretty good category, but I guess yeah, I, Andra Day took it for for the United States versus Billy Holiday. Looking forward to see it. I don't know if um, I know
1: who she is.
0: I've seen her in a couple things, nothing. Like, I haven't seen her in, like, a leading role ever. Do you think so I've,
1: if I had seen her, if I see her face, I'd be like, oh, yeah.
0: Um, no? N- no, because she hasn't. It's not like she's been in a bunch of movies that, like, everyone's seen. Like, it's very, like, sporadic stuff. Like, she was in, I don't know if you saw Marshall. No. Um, American Assassin. No. I mean, she was in Ben-Hur, but I didn't see that. Um, I can't remember. They remade the list of Ben-Hur? What else. Yeah, um yes.
1: So this is surprising considering that she's kind of like, I don't know, clearly in my in my life, not a household name. And she no, was okay. best actress.
0: Yeah, so Marshall is what what uh, like I've seen her in Marshall and then she she um she's a singer. She sings in other other things. So she huh. was uh she's in the soundtrack of about 30 movies um but well, you then know actor wise marshall good for her three yeah i mean newcomer on the scene rising star maybe we'll find out um best actor in a motion picture drama went to Chazwick bozeman um they nominated him for ma rainey's black bottom uh i mean this was kind of i think a legacy first win.
1: post post humorous glow golden globe i read today oh really i didn't know that I read that. Okay,
0: there you go. Um, I mean, Chadwick Boseman had such a great, you know, he was still very young, but he had such a great career. Um, and I think he was, you know, kind of an up, up and comer. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he passed away. But yep, he he, he won the Golden Globe. Um, th- I mean, he was up against Gary Oldman uh, yeah. for Mank, Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Probably one of them are like kind of your Oscar yeah. leads there. But I, I feel like the Unless Golden Globe to Os- honor him
1: unless the oscars are, you know, doing their doing their thing where they want to throw kind of a diversity. I think like you know, people who win the oscars don't always deserve the oscar but No, you're, you're Oh yeah, sometimes absolutely it's political. Right. Like he mm-hmm. may very well deserve the It's, you know, I wouldn't be, what I'm trying to say is I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way. They give it to like the typical oscar,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: safe bet. Or if they give it to him, I wouldn't be surprised either way because the Oscars love to do that, you know. Like, oh yeah, oh, they've done
0: it before. Yeah, they've done it many times. Yeah, and and hey, like I I have no problem with you honoring someone and that the way to do it. I mean, um, I saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but I I think that Chadwick Boseman has better performances in his career. But I think that was the movie that came out this year. So they were like, we've got to, you know, I, that's the one.
1: I also wouldn't be surprised if the Oscars, instead of giving him best actor this year, they do like a lifetime achievement. Lifetime
0: achievement. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's great. I mean, give him an Oscar as far as I'm concerned. I think that'd be great. They um actually on the Golden Globes, uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, wife gave, gave a very nice speech. Oh, that's um, nice. Accepting the award they had her on. And that was like, that was really nice to see. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, they wanted to honor him. Um, that's kind of how they, they chose to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the Oscars either do that where they, they give him some other sort of Oscar or they do nominate him because, you know, he passed away and they want to honor him in some way. Yeah. Um, best actress, motion picture, musical comedy. So this is best actress, but right. comedy went to Rosmond Pike for I Care A Lot. Another movie I had not heard of.
1: Oh, it's also on Amazon prime. Oh, okay. And it's it's on Netflix in the States, but Amazon Prime in Canada. I just watched a a YouTube review of it. Oh, okay. It's it's like a stacked cast.
0: Looks good. Looks okay.
1: Well, it looks cheesy. It looks like a... It looks like a, like a lifetime movie, but with like, oh, okay. but, but with, with like an Oscar stars. winning cast. So take that as you will.
0: <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, um, I mean, she beat out quite, quite a few uh, people who we, who we know. And then, so um, you've got uh, Maria uh, Baklova, who was in Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, she was nominated. She was good. Uh, and then Kate Hudson for music, Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit. I haven't heard of French Exit. I don't know what that is. And Anya Taylor-Joy for Emma. So those were your nominees okay. yeah. there. Uh, best actor, motion picture, musical comedy went to Sasha Baron Cohen. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, so he got another one. I mean, he beat out, you know... I don't know who else would have won this award. That's the thing. Like he beat out James Corden for the prom, which is, I don't even know. <laughs> that would have been a
1: about. controversial win. Let's put it that yeah. way.
0: <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton, which again, I, I don't think it's a movie. Um, Dev Patel for the personal history of David Copperfield and Andy Samberg for Palm Springs. So I, I think that there's a clear winner here. Yeah. It a clear winner.
1: That makes sense.
0: Um, best supporting actress for motion picture went to Jodie Foster, who's in, uh, um, which I think she was actually in two movies. Which one did she win it for? The Manchurian is what she won it for. Nope. Um, haven't heard of that one either. Nope. So again, there's all these movies. I have just haven't heard of um, But she beat out Amanda Seyfried. Too Man- bad.
1: That's too bad. Uh,
0: Olivia Coleman, the father, Glenn Close, um, and uh, Helena uh, Zengiel, who I guess was in News of the World. She must have been the younger person who... Um, is Tom Hanks' character's trying. To, oh, yeah, it's it's like the, the Western. Western with Tom Hanks. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she's the one Tom Hanks is trying to get home. Um and then Best Supporting Actor in a motion picture, Danielle Kalua for Judas and the Black Messiah, another movie I've been wanting to watch um and haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. That's one that's it's at the a Cineplex right now, I think. Yeah, I think it like just started to kind of come in theaters here. Um, and yeah, he beat out Sasha Baron Cohen, who was also um, nominated for the Chicago 7, uh, Jared Leto for The Little Things, Bill Murray on The Rocks, and Leslie Oldham Jr. for One Night in Miami.
1: Those last three movies? Pff, could not even tell you.
0: One Night in Miami looks very, very good. Uh, it's a Regina King film um, that that's on, that's recently, I, I know it was added to Crave. I don't know uh, during what because i have the advanced i don't know where it is but yeah, it's on like crave HBO. Sure. you have HBO yeah stuff. so it's it's for sure on crave on the rocks i think is the movie with bill murray and uh i can't remember her name he plays her, her like daughter and they go on kind of look kind of like a road trip movie okay. thing But yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, So just quickly, um, the best director for motion picture, as I mentioned, uh, went to Chloe Zhao for No Man Land. Um, Mm -hmm. She won that. There were three female directors nominated in this category. Uh, Regina King for One Night in Miami. uh, Aaron Sorkin, Chicago, uh, The Trial of Chicago 7. uh, um, Emerald Fennel. she was nominated for Promising Young Woman. And David Fincher for Mink. So a pretty, a pretty good uh, list of uh, yeah. directors and three females and the female director one. Um, I've heard nothing but things about a lot of these movies. So I mean, to me, these kind of One Night in Miami, Trial of Chicago Seven, Man, Promising Young Woman, No Man Land. These are Judas and Black Messiah. These are the ones that I'm, I'm thinking are getting a lot of buzz uh-huh. for for other awards. Um, best screenplay went to Aaron Sorkin for the Trial of Chicago Seven. Um, and the best animated film was Soul, um, which is the Disney Pixar film.
1: Yeah, I've heard I've obviously heard of that. You know, surprisingly, I've heard of more than I haven't heard of.
0: Really? Okay.
1: I think. That's good. Like I yeah. didn't totally, so, but like I have heard of the vast majority of these movies.
0: <laughs> I was having this conversation with a friend of mine where I had said that this year felt like almost easier to keep track yeah. of movies for nominee because there's just less even though we haven't had a chance to see as many you have a sense of what they are you do often at the golden globes and oscars you get these random nominations where you're like wait a minute what was that like it, you what know is every- the
1: sound mixing or like the technical yeah yeah like, <laughs> uh, like, uh, what
3: what? <laughs> what is this
0: for and yeah i think that that's to me that was kind of interesting that there's really I think there's about I made a list here, I think there's about six or seven films that are really in contention for Oscars this year. And the ones that like I haven't seen One Night in Miami, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Father, uh, Nomad Land, and Promising Young Woman. And I think those ones are all all getting you know, a lot of buzz and then *Mank*, Chicago seven as well, but I've seen those. Um, But I mean, it's a pretty interesting list of like, these are the movies that we probably want to see in Mm -hmm. the kind of coming little while. Yeah. But there you go. Those are the main uh, movie categories for the golden globes. Um, I have to say that I, it seemed like everyone was pretty happy with who the winners were and the nominees. So it's going to be, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with the Oscars, because I just think there's a smaller pool of films to, to pull from this year so we have a chance we can see them all it's possible taylor i think we can do yeah it.
1: between now and then hey one thing um i know this is a jam-packed episode so we don't want to spend too much time on the golden globes but i read that the the audience was first responders
0: yeah so they had it was interesting they had two locations because because um for social amy Poehler, yeah and they were because amy poller and tina Fey were in two different parts of the country One was in New York, and one was in Los Angeles. So they had two audiences, one in New York, one in Los Angeles, with one host in each location, and it was all first responders.
1: That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. All socially distanced. Like, there was little tables and stuff. And then on Zoom, they had all the actors and nominees, And they gave their speeches over Zoom and that type of thing.
1: It'll be interesting to see how they do the Oscars.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering if this is kind of like the model, where where you're just going to have everyone kind of sitting at home um, it was really funny because a lot of people still dressed up and looked great. And then you have these like random people who just clearly didn't care. Like <laughs> there's this really funny picture of um, uh, D- uh, Jeff Daniels in just like a plaid shirt. Yeah, I believe in it. Clearly his like back room. And um, Jason Sudeikis won for for one of the TV categories. And he was in Ted like- Ted Lasso. A, yeah, for Ted Lasso. Yeah. And he was just in like, a, what do you call it? Just like a sweatshirt, like hoodie. <laughs> He like had a hoodie on, basically. And he won and he was just like chilling in that where some people were like in in suits. It was very funny.
1: I think that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, But there you go. That's our Golden Globes chat. Um, We'll certainly talk more about awards as we get a little bit uh, closer to awards season. Cool. The Kingston Canadian Film Festival is still going on virtually really everywhere. I mean, it's in Kingston, but you can get it everywhere. Um, And now we're joined by... Pretty much a, a good chunk of the team of How to Fix Radios, one of the uh, feature films in the festival coming up on Friday, March 5th at 7 p.m. We're joined by the directors, Casper and Emily, and two of the performers in the movie, Dimitri and James. Welcome, everybody. Thank
3: you.
2: Thank you. Thank you yeah. <laughs> nice to be on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we're glad to have what Taylor was saying before uh, before you all got here on the show that this is the most people we've ever had at one time.
3: Wow! Whoa! Oh, we're so we, first.
0: Yeah, we don't know if this is even going to work. <laughs> For all we know, nothing. No one can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> my fingers
1: and my toes are crossed that this all goes off without a hitch. But I'm I'm confident. I think it will go well.
0: But uh, welcome to the show. We're we're really glad to have all of you here, and we're glad to continue our conversation this week um, about the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. But we're here to talk about your movie. So let's let's talk about it. um So let's talk, hear from the directors first, Casper and Emily. Um, Tell us about How to Fix Radios. What's it about? And just just give a little plug for our audience for to, to watch it on, on Friday.
2: Yeah, so I'll just do kind of a short introduction about it uh, mm. and just kind of tell you a little bit about the world and everything. Uh, so How to Fix Radios follows uh, Evan, and he's sort of a little bit of a closed-minded, isolated teen um, who's grown up his entire life in rural Ontario and has not been exposed to a ton of different... Um, you know, environments and situations and people and so uh, when he applies uh, for a job at a local bait shop, um, he is met by uh, the supervisor of uh, the job uh, Ross, played by Dimitri Watson and uh, upon arriving and seeing this kind of uh, interesting enigmatic character um, of Ross who has pink hair and sort of a very exuberant style, um, he's sort of thrown off as it's not something he's used to. Um, but through meeting Ross, he discovers uh, sort of this the inner world of this supervisor uh, and his uh, dealings with his sister and his brother. I'm sorry, his sister and um, the ultra-macho son of uh, the bait shop, mm-hmm. um, who is also sort of doing some underground Um,
0: interesting oh you're giving us a little tease there a little bit um
2: and so through this journey of meeting these different characters and expanding his worldview uh evan's perspectives uh and biases are challenged and changed
0: wow interesting i mean that that sounds like a really interesting not only film but like a, a character piece as well like would you describe this as you're really diving into meeting these characters like is that how you would describe this film
2: Oh, definitely. It's That's how, like from the very beginning we thought about it. Uh, we were very, not as concerned with plot as we were with character. Right. Uh, and the plot sort of formed around the characters.
0: Did, did, did anyone here, like, did you have a hand in writing it as well? And I know I, I can see Casper and Emily, you're listed as the co-directors, but in terms of writing credits, did you work on writing as well? Or was that another team?
4: I think we mostly wrote it and then we casted it, but it, it, it draws from a large kind of, Basin of different stories that like we all we're all kind of like we're queer kids in growing up in southern mm-hmm. Ontario so we kind of have a, a shared uh f- I guess feelings about uh experiences we've had in the past so in some in, the, in a small way we all played a role yeah. in, you're uh, contributing
0: the your stories yeah this. yeah wow that's so cool that's an interesting like was that I mean from a director standpoint for both of you like did you feel that like added something to it or was that hard to keep track of at any point in time
4: oh absolutely i think uh i think d and james and uh willa who plays uh the sister um they all had such a passion for the story to begin with and and bringing the characters to life i thought that they just did a fantastic job uh in really bringing everything to life and uh lighting up those themes that we wanted to get across about queer identity in uh, rural environments and all that kind of stuff.
2: And even before we um, had cast anything and we were just in the writing process, we had a few ideas at the back of our mind for casting. (laughs) Um, So it was always something that played a big role, whether, Uh, the people involved knew about it um, at the time or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's
0: fair. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes, even for the actors don't necessarily see, right? Like there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. You're trying to put it together, Um, but but let's hear from them. Like Dimitri James, Mm -hmm. either one of you jump in about the process about building these characters. What was that process like?
3: Oh man. I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, I've been in a couple of different uh, student films before uh, in the filmmaking program uh, in, at, LCVI. Uh, But, you know, those are by students. So this was the first uh, project where for the character that I played, I was given like a full like in-depth description of who they are and their relationships with the other people who are in the film, um, as well as like movies to watch to be inspired by and uh, like music playlists to listen to, like directly inspired by the character I was going to play. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was like a, a combination of outward input from both of the writers and slash directors, as oh. well as being able to sort of bring my experiences as a queer person into that role as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And James, what about you?
5: Uh, yeah, I I would agree with uh Dimitri um on uh did a couple of student films uh, at the same focus program, so but they were never really the same scale as this film. I mean, they were like, you know, 10, 20 minutes max. This is like an 80-plus minute film. So there's definitely a lot of little things to figure out. I mean, uh, for one, I mean, memorization of the lines is one thing. Um, But actually creating a character around it was something which I found to be kind of the hardest part. Um, But I challenged myself, and I think throughout the – production of the film and sort of getting to work alongside D I figured out who the character of Evan was in relation to me um and sort of took that and I I think you can actually kind of see throughout the film there I think I do get a little bit better as the character of Evan um but yeah it it was really um trying to figure out who Evan is in relation to me.
0: Yeah. Well, there, you, I mean, that's interesting that you bring up that as the film goes on. I mean, I'm sure there this was, a for all of you, a growing process. When you begin, you're kind of at one point, but then as as you go throughout the film and as you end, everything's growing and you're becoming something else. Like the movie itself is probably growing. I'm sure you all have that ability to look at it and go, wow, look at how far we came from where we started. Oh,
2: entirely. Definitely. We yeah. talked about that, actually, as we were filming, we're like... You know, it was over a two-month time span, basically. And in August, we were like, wow, we have just gotten ex- so much better than we were when we first started this. <laughs> and I think you can definitely see it. Um, it's interesting because I think that our filmmaking becomes stronger as it as it ramps up towards the climax and then after that to the end of the movie. Um it's sort of fitting because uh, these characters are figuring out things themselves, and so are we.
0: So you mentioned August, so what, what, what is the timeline for the production of, of this film? When, when were you filming it, and did, did COVID play an impact on your scheduling at all?
2: I believe we started uh, the second week of July, and we wrapped uh, the summer stuff uh, at the end of August, um, so I think it was like the 28th of August, and then we um, uh, had one more shoot in October, uh, just with James and Emily and I. Uh, and then that was it.
0: Wow. that's a... but,
2: And as, as for COVID, like, mm-hmm. COVID definitely played a part. Um, but it honestly, because of how well the health ministers managed uh, the situation, it really wasn't as bad as it could have been in terms yeah. of just having to worry about it and having to plan for things. We were very um, lucky. Did, did you yes. guys
1: film in KFL&A? Yeah,
2: entirely yeah. in that region, entirely in South Frontenac. Uh, and, uh, thankfully due to their amazing handling of the situation, we were able to kind of, uh, get away with it in a way that was a lot less stressful than it could have been. Um, but we, every single day we, we checked the case numbers, make sure nothing had exploded. Yeah. Um, and we'd make sure everyone's self-screened.
0: Yeah. And this is a r- relatively small team, like together, how many people would you say were working on the film?
2: Um, I think it was around seven. Now, then, more or less, because sometimes uh, uh, we'd have people like um, well, both mine and Emily's dad came on uh, at different parts to <laughs> play course. a little role. A family and affair. So- Absolutely, that's
0: what you need. You need that sometimes, yeah.
2: Yeah, and they helped um, sometimes with some lighting stuff and um, you know boat stuff because there were some boat scenes um, and acting. Uh, and sometimes we had, you know, my brother came on as well, but other than that, it was mainly just the seven of us, which also really helped with COVID because since we were such a small group, it was easier to contain oh, I each other's imagine. bubble. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: We yeah. didn't see anyone else.
0: <laughs> <Literally. Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's also kind of an isolating thing, right? I mean, you're, but it's, it's great that you got a chance to work on something. And like, did, I mean, this is this might dive into a, a bit of personal space, so feel free not to answer this question. But did you find that like during COVID and how everyone's isolated, like having an artistic project was helpful?
4: I miss it so much. <laughs> I oh, me like, too. compared net to from now to the summer. Like, uh, I just. I would love to go back to that time when we could be in our little bubble and group of friends making something we were all so passionate about. And now I'm I'm sitting here in a basement alone, talking to you guys.
0: <laughs> yes, we're we're not uh, we're we're pale uh, replacements <laughs> for actual humans. Yes, absolutely.
2: but yeah, it was it was awesome, and I think that it, it like for for Emily and I, I think I can speak to this. Um, it, it took us through the whole year, I, I think. Um, because we really, we started writing in December, January. And so the pre-production part of things, you know, if we weren't doing schoolwork, we were able to uh, sort of play around with that. And so that, that really got us some motivation for the first part of the pandemic and then the summer, obviously. But after that with editing and stuff, like I had nothing else to do, which was <laughs> really good uh, that, so that I could devote as much time as possible and get the turnaround time for KCFF. Um, but yeah, it kept me engaged and alive and able to be really passionate about something, which is incredible for your mental health.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I I, definitely could imagine that. Um, just being able, to, I mean, editing takes so long, right? It's the other yeah. part of the film process. A lot of people don't get to see because, you know, you you see kind of the end product, but you don't see the work that goes into the editing. You can imagine what the filming process is like, but the editing is something that you kind of forget about. Um, Dimitri James, what about both of you? Like, do, how did you find working on this film in, in the middle of, of the pandemic with everything going on?
3: Man, I'm just, I'm so thankful. <laughs> like, uh, Casper, Casper reached out to me. We had been to the same program before, um, about playing Ross early, early in the summer. Like I think it was early June and I did not have a lot going on. So having this sort of what became to be like a very tight knit group of friends to rely on and talk to is it's indescribable. It's, it's so valuable, especially in times like this.
5: Definitely, yeah. Um, all the same to me. Um, I, I had a, a small job opportunity at the beginning, so I almost didn't, you know, do this film. I didn't take the role. Um, and, you know, I, I, I am so thankful that, you know, that I did. I um, <laughs> We came in for, like, a little bit of uh, just... a a little bit of a script read and just to sort of check out the quarry. And, and that was the moment when I think I knew that, you know, this was going to be, this was going to be something. And the experience that we got out of it was truly indescribable and infinitely, I think it would have been more amazing than that job, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh,
0: I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone could, would probably confirm that you had a better time doing that than the job, whatever the job was. Yeah. Um, so Casper uh, and Emily, um, I do believe you've you've had films be part of the shorts program in KCFSF before. Is that true? Like you've participated in the festival? Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, last year, I guess 2020, I made a short film with uh, again, Willa, who was playing uh, the sister in this film. And she was my main character. We've been friends for a long time. And I brought her into this project. And uh, that was called Castles in Spain. And it was kind of an abstract little short film. And I got the, uh, what was it called? The jury award for yeah. from KCFF, which was great. And then Casper and I, I was Casper's cinematographer for uh, Cryptid Fever, which was another short, and we made all of these films in Studio LC, which everyone's kind of mentioned. But that is the f- the film focus program at LCBI, which was mm-hmm. kind of the the birthplace of all of our film passion.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, KCFF has been great, and it's really been helpful to. Uh, they've connected with Studio quite a bit, and uh, you know they they would have people come in to our little program and talk about the festival and talk about how we could participate in it. Um, and so the first year I participated in it was um, 2019, I believe. Uh, and uh, I won the same award as uh, Emily did uh, just a different year um, for a short film called The Avalanche. It was just a music video uh, looking back. it's not incredible, but you know the, the uh, experience of being able to participate in something like that uh, and participate in a film festival circuit kind of got me hooked for on sure. the idea of festivals and being able to like go to them because it's such a unique, and kind and loving experience.
0: And how has this year then then differed for, for all of you? I mean, it, you don't get to be physically in a room um, while these films come out. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of advantages to things streaming, but ha, how has this year been kind of different? How has participating in a festival been different when it's streaming and we're all so far away from each other?
4: It makes me sad, for sure. But I, in some way, it's, it's kind of fitting to how we created this film like it, it feels like as much as i would love to sit in a theater and watch it on the big screen it's just it's something that i can't really allow myself to like entertain that idea it seems like a but still a bit of a fantasy and last year uh the day of the youth shorts screening it covid uh was basically announced in kingston and so everything got shut down oh. about 45 minutes before the screening oh, so no. i, I I actually never got that really festival Uh. experience. (laughs) So it's still something I'm looking forward to. Eventually it will come back. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: will come back. Um, When did you know that this film was going to be featured in, in the festival?
2: Uh, So we got the notification basically in the first or second week of January, right after the new year. Um, And that, that was an awesome day. I, the, the joy of getting to tell everyone that we got in, was a privilege that I'm very happy to have had um, because they were, it was all smiles and they were so happy that we were able to do this and just pure excitement for the future.
0: Oh, I bet. I mean, to just to be able to see, I mean, you were mentioning Casper about like looking back in your films and <laughs> previous work and being like, Oh, I, I'm not, that wasn't very good. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This It's a beginning point, right? Like that's it's got you hooked on festivals and made you get to this point. You can now, you know, be proud of the work that, that you're putting in and be happy with to work with all your friends. And I mean, it sounds like for everybody, this was an experience where it happened at the right time. I mean, Emily, I love what you just said about it's kind of fitting that that this is you got to make this in the pandemic. And now everyone's going to watch it and stream it from home. This is the way our lives were for a year can't pretend anything else, right? Like, the way it is. (laughs) I think um, it's a a pretty good thing,
3: actually, that it's digital. While, obviously, I also agree that it would be awesome to see it on the big screen. That would be mind-boggling. But um, we actually somehow have garnered a following on some social media platforms. (laughs) So we have people buying tickets from all over the world.
0: Wow. It's,
3: It's really incredible. So I think that while it would be obviously wonderful to see it in person i think it has also played to our advantage because we've been able to reach people from like all the way like across the country and
2: stuff and that's yeah. got to be
0: an amazing feeling for all of you okay. it's yeah. nice.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome
2: it's also opened so many doors for us as well like we've had inquiries from a ton of different people so a lot of them because well the platform that uh, we really kind of blew up on uh, was a uh, tiktok uh oh. we got a, I think like 145 thousand views or something wow um but uh not that that matters but because of that you know some of the inquiries were kind of like kids our age being like wow i want to do this and like how can i participate which you know it's over but i that was amazing that we had people be inspired by what we did yeah. um and also we've had a few festivals actually reach out to us there was one from nova scotia um, who reached out uh, inquiring for a screener and waiving the fees. So that's that was incredible.
0: That's incredible. See, and that's the power of, of connecting digitally. You can get people who normally might not have been able to see this just by virtue of not because they can't afford it or because they wouldn't want to. They're just not here. They're not in our community; they're elsewhere, and now they get to experience, you know, your work. And if it gets you into other festivals, hey, maybe that's something good that comes out of all of this, which, which is great. I think yeah. we're, we'll all be happy about that. Um, so the film is "How to Fix Radios." It's premiering this Friday, March fifth. 7 p.m. This is all part of the Kingston Canadian Film Festival. Uh, Casper, Dimitri, Emily, James, thank you all for joining us. It was really, really great um, to chat with you. And we hope that all of you will consider coming back on the show as you become more famous and make up (laughs) a bunch of great movies. Come back and talk about them.
1: When you go to the Oscars, when you go to the Oscars, remember us
3: yes yeah,
2: we'll shout we'll screening in kingston when we get a big award yeah exactly sounds good yeah yeah you
0: don't don't i'm holding you to that now that you've said okay. that on the show we're holding you to well, that and the fact that you'll all come back so yes. there you go don't for don't forget us, us. yeah yes, oh absolutely you. um thank yeah, you thank very you so much. much thank you
4: yeah thank you for this opportunity
0: Thanks again to the team of How to Fix Radios for joining us. That was a fantastic conversation. Um, it's really nice to talk to uh, to young filmmakers, kind of at the beginning of their career, just because they're so excited to get out there, get their films out there, and to to move on and make the next project. Like you can tell, Taylor, like all four of, of these people are gonna like they're just gonna do more stuff. They're
1: gonna be huge. Yeah. But didn't two weeks in a row, these young super accomplished people? I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I doing when I was there? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean
1: certainly was not in a movie festival.
0: I mean, I'll tell you this, Taylor. When I was their age, I, I was I was starting a theater company. But oh, oh but here we go. No, 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 hold on, hold on. No, what I'm saying is, is it makes me feel bad now. Because what because uh, now, now I'm just like, oh, like tonight I'm gonna go watch a movie Need eat some chips.
3: You burned <laughs> so bright,
1: so fast, for, for, so yeah. Yeah, for 10 years
0: I burnt so bright that I burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like no, you're done. And see
1: I only have I only have um up from here right oh I yeah. never you know I never had my super big success now I can just but Taylor, you have Houston, this
0: show yeah, yeah you have Houston this is show my success this show is the artistic thing I still get to be proud of and have fun with it's so, great
3: yeah, it is good. it's a
0: lot of fun and and you're right talking two weeks in a row the ability that we get to talk to like young filmmakers it's just a bonus as to like i I, I always iman- imagine the show. Back at the beginning, when you came on right away, I was like, "Okay, the two of us will always talk movies." We've had guests on, we've had filmmakers on, we've had like documentary filmmakers, we've had just friends. CBC and
1: reached CBC out to reached
0: us. Out, yeah, to <laughs> us. So yeah, it's it's evolved. Um, and again, I think I think everyone who we just talked to talked about that process. Of Dimitri talked about the the evolution. And 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 seeing that, and I think uh, I think uh, was it James who who mentioned that looking back at the role and seeing how far mm-hmm. you come from the beginning. Then, like even seeing this show, like you can see that we've come a long way in in two years. So, let's but keep these
1: kids are—I shouldn't call them kids. These young filmmakers are super impressive. Yeah, and it's very been a real—it's been a real pleasure to have them. Yeah on the yep. show these past yeah, two and
0: weeks i hope uh, i hope we'll we'll hear from them all again because i'd love to ch- keep well with when them. they
1: go to the oscars and they thank us in there they'll say speech. thank you
0: screening in kingston and we'll go yeah <laughs>
1: that's us <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so now though we get into um our another favorite uh yes. segment of the show let's find out uh, what army hammer is doing <laughs> When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. It's now time for screening Kingston's latest segment. Is Army Hammer, in fact, a cannibal? Hey, hold it right there. No! Don't eat me! I've known this man for 25 years and I vouch for him. I don't care eat. what you vouch for. Eat me. Because we're gentlemen of Harvard. And now for the latest on Army Hammer, here's Taylor.
1: Army Hammer reportedly moved out of the home he shared with wife under the cover of darkness.
0: Wait, so under the cover of darkness he just got up and left.
1: Um, okay, Mike, if you read the articles, they're like, no one, the neighbors like saw like mm-hmm. night, night fell. And then no one saw Army Hammer, but these moving crews came and they literally like moved, like, you know, like packed up his house and moved all his stuff well until like midnight. And they were using like flashlights, like all the lights were off and they were using flashlights to move his stuff out of his house.
0: Okay, I know... That we're, we're, we're kind of like watching this and we're kind of watching from afar and be like, what's going on? What is going on? (laughs) Yeah. Like now I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. I think he might be a cannibal because he's leaving in the middle of the dark. Like what is happening here? Like what is going on?
1: I don't know if I've mentioned this. Him and his wife are like estranged right now. Like they're getting a divorce or like they're You did mention that. Yeah. 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 So like this is the house he would have shared with her Mm -hmm. um, in, I think, L.A., and since september they've tr- been trying to sell this house but um you know with the pandemic whatever and then the added insult of him like going through um scandal. so i guess it's been yeah. hard to like sell the house so like i don't know a lot about selling houses but i do know typically there's like a closing date sure and like there's like time between like when you sell your house and when you need to be out of the house so like there's no reason the only reason when people move out of their house in the middle of the night is because they're trying like they're doing something sketchy like normal people don't move but you know what now that i'm talking about it mike maybe because he's going through all these scandals he thought he would have drawn there would have been less paparazzi attention if he did it at nighttime. Maybe. I mean, I
0: I guess like as a celebrity, we also don't know. Maybe a lot of celebrities do this. They feel they have to move at this time, or people like you and me will be talking about it. Um, I think there's a week it, later.
1: I think it sh- there's more attention. To the fact that they did it at nighttime with flashlights. Yeah, like, like
0: I don't think anyone's ever understood is the bigger deal you make of something, the bigger deal other people makes of something. If if you just like move. I feel like people are like, oh, maybe we'll snap a few pictures. Army Hammer's moving. But like on the cover of darkness, like (laughs) like you just get up and leave. Yeah.
1: (laughs) People move all the time. Like, so like it's normal to move houses. It's normal to move houses during a scandal. Like, you know, life happens. You still need to sell your house. He wants to move. Okay. I don't get why he did it at nighttime. Unless like you said, like, maybe this is like a normal thing celebrities do. But I don't think so. Maybe. I don't so. I mean, think so. you
0: never hear about celebrities moving because for the most part, we don't care. Yeah. But then like when you whatever. do something like this, it's like it fits into our segment, Army Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There you go. That's sketchy, the Army Hammer update. What is going on? This is just getting, it's not even that like we're getting like with the Jesse Smollett stuff, we were like getting new news each week. This is just getting stranger. Yeah, Nothing's theory. being answered. More questions are just coming up. Yeah. Um, anyway, but thank you for that update, Taylor. You're um, just welcome. before we wrap up the show, you <laughs> wanted me to tell people what's going on next week. Special yeah. episode. Uh, it will be a season one recap of Wandavision. That is the series from Marvel. It's been on Disney Plus. My buddy Andrew and I are have been watching this, uh, not you know separately, but we're going to record our. F- thoughts and feelings on the whole season. Um, So that will be next week's episode. So if you want to ask questions or be involved in that kind of chat, you can email us and be be part of that. And then the week after, we're going to do a mailbag episode because Taylor's afraid you've all abandoned us. Well, Um, and then
1: the poor fans, they're not going to have me for a week.
0: Yeah, no Taylor next week. (laughs) You're going to have to ask questions next week. Um, so just a reminder, if you want to ask questions about WandaVision or you want to be part of that uh, conversation, uh, email us screeningandkingston at gmail.com or just go to our website screeningandkingston.com. You can find the form there. We will send that out on our social media as well. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. So you can follow us there, send us a message. So next week's episode, WandaVision, week ap- after Taylor, we'll be back expecting a million emails from all of you. So get those emails in. Um, But thank you everybody for for listening this week.
1: Go stream some movies.
0: Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC podcast now.